This is an ABC podcast. That's what it sounds like when you finish the World Cup series as the best aerial skier on earth. This week on a mountain in Kazakhstan, Australia's Danielle Scott soared through the air, twisting and turning and landing to claim her first crystal globe. It concludes an incredible comeback arc for Scott, who finished 10th at the 2022 Winter Olympics. That result left her questioning herself, her abilities, her resolve. Now she's literally and figuratively top of the world. What drove this ascension and how much higher might she soar? Today, we ask her just that. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Danielle Scott has just won the World Cup Series. She is the best aerial skier in the world right now. Danielle, how does it feel hearing those words and appreciating the enormity of what you've achieved? (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty incredible, actually. It's still sinking in. Um, It's something I've been chasing for a very long time. And, yeah, to finally hear those words, uh, it kind of gives me shivers. It's been a long time coming for you, as you sort of touched on. And you came into the final event of the season in Kazakhstan, just knowing that you needed to really compete in order to win it. So it must have been a really freeing feeling. What was it like that week, just sort of competing, but also sort of soaking in the incredible thing that you'd managed to achieve? Yeah, that was the biggest reward, I think. Being able to sort of secure that early on was a huge relief. Yeah, I feel like I can finally enjoy it. I've been saying it's not over till it's over. I don't have the globe yet, but now I can actually finally enjoy it. So, um, yeah, just going to come out here and have some fun today. And, you know, I love to jump and I love to compete, but to be able to go out there and and be a little stress-free was amazing. So, no, I definitely enjoyed that. That was a a nice little bonus reward. It seems to me as though your success in this event is kind of framed by the disappointment of what happened at the Beijing Olympics. And it's enormous that you've been able to put that behind you and achieve this. Can you just talk to us about that process? What was that like? How difficult was it? Yeah, it's the highs are high in sport and the lows are low in sport. So to go from the Olympics and um, to have sacrificed so much to that point and, and to have it end in heartbreak and come down to weather and, and so many things out of my control was, yeah, pretty frustrating. So I didn't know what I was going to do after those games. It was sort of the second time around. Like I had high hopes for 2018 as well. And and I just was in a place of limbo. It was, you know, what am I doing? Why am I here? Is it worth it? And then to come back out this season and, and start off on the right foot and, and win the first event and just sort of keep building from there, it was like, no, okay, I, I can do this. It's a triple twist around, it's clean. That should be enough. And uh, if I were to predict this, I'd say the first uh, World Cup gold of the year is going to go to Australia, and it does, 99.05. Unfortunately, it's that one day in four years that catches everyone's attention, but it was, no, like, I've still got unfinished business, and I, and I want to reach that potential. <laughs> you certainly reached that potential, but I just imagine it must be such a tough sport to think that this one day things don't go perfectly right, and all of a sudden you're sort of questioning yourself. Was the weight of self-doubt quite heavy at times? Yeah, it was huge and it's nothing new for us. You know, we're used to dealing with the variables in the sport and I guess that's what makes it 
so great when you do well and, and so hard when you don't. But for this season with the World Championships, you know, the weather was absolutely absurd. It, it kind of took me back to Beijing and it was like, oh, here we go again. And like all the factors coming into play, but I really made it work this time. And I guess that's just experience and, and now being a better athlete for it. You've had setbacks before. I want to talk about your knee injury. Did working back from that help you as you sort of came back from the setback of the Olympics, you know, in the sense that I've endured adversity before, I can do it again? Injury really teaches us the most and it's hard because I think I learned a lot in that and and it makes you really value your position in the sport. To watch people while you can't be out there is, is really tough. So all that hard work that I had put in coming back from that injury when I was at my peak in my career, I think gave me the confidence to just, you know, put it all on the line. What have I got to lose now? <laughs> it's been a stunning season. I think three victories over the course of the World Cup series. Why have things changed for you? What's sort of different this time around? Yeah, this has been a big one for me. Um, I finally had a team around me who just believed in me and we worked so well together and it was every plan went to plan and I honestly hadn't had that until this point. So that was the missing piece and um, it was super exciting and, you know, nothing ever goes to plan and then it finally all went to plan. this season might change your level of self-belief and what could that sort of lead you to achieve in the future? For sure. Yeah. It's, you know, I love to jump and I, I love challenging myself, but to finally get some really good results on paper and those consistent wins week after week puts the future in perspective and, and I'm excited and it's, it's really nice to be rewarded, to be honest. <laughs> You certainly deserve it. I'm sure you'll be back to training really quickly. Can you tell us about your training technique? Because obviously Australia, not a traditional winter sport country. So how do you train? Where do you train? What does it look like? Yeah, we finally got our own water ramp facility up in Brisbane at the Sleeman Sports Complex. It's been a little bit of a long time coming. We've been at the mercy of other countries over the years. So um, it's exciting to see the future of the sport and, and more kids coming up through and joining, you know, all kinds of winter sports because we are that summer country but we've been able to do so well. And that's kind of been our key factor was taking gymnasts because we believe it's easier to teach a gymnast to ski rather than a ski to flip. So I'll be back to the drawing board uh, up at those water ramps in Brisbane, building on, you know, new jumps and, and improving technique and things like that. So we basically have two seasons, summer and winter, which is a luxury for a winter athlete. <laughs> and yeah, just another couple months out there and get ready for the next year and next season. <laughs> What is a water ramp? Like, what does it look like? What does it involve? <laughs> yeah, if you're ever up in Brisbane, you should definitely go and check it out because it's pretty incredible. It's basically the same site that we have on snow. So the in-run, uh, the jumps, and then the landing, which is obviously into water as opposed to an outrun. All the same specs. We use the same skis. We're just in a wetsuit and a life jacket. And then there's a bubble system which aerates the water for us so it's a little bit softer landing. 
It's really cool to see the investment in the sport, given the ongoing success of Australian women in this space. I mean, you've joined Rare Air this week. Laura Peel, Kirsty Marshall, Jackie Cooper, Alyssa Camplin, Lydia Lasilla, Australian women who have claimed that crystal globe that you now brought home from Kazakhstan. And I think casual sports fans might not fully understand why we have such a rich history in this event. Can you tell us why are Australian women just so strong in this event? And is it special to be part of that roll call? Yeah, it's been a really rich history. And one of the girls previously said, you know, success breeds success. And and it's true because we have such big shoes to fill. You know, they've got it right. We took those gymnasts and we taught them to ski and we've developed our technique in such a dynamic way. You know, people say from North America would have the skiing technique, but maybe not the acrobatic skills. But we've really honed in on those acrobatic skills as gymnasts and uh, refined the rest in, in skiing. It's exciting. I can't wait to see the generations to come up and and to be pushing the sport, doing triple flips is it's finally happening before women just got away with doubles. And it's really cool to see where this is going to go. Final question. How are you going to celebrate this incredible achievement? You're back in Australia. How does Danielle Scott celebrate being the best aerial skier in the world? Oh, I think a good old bonfire on the beach in some warm weather is sounding pretty good. I've had a lot of long flights to get back and haven't been able to celebrate yet. So, yeah, I'm super excited. (laughs) Uh, You've certainly earned it. Uh, We hope you enjoy your celebrations, Danielle Scott. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me and thanks for all the support from everyone in Australia. We really feel the love out there. Headlines. Western Australia will be trying to go back-to-back in the Sheffield Shield when the competition final starts tomorrow as they take on Victoria. The Soundgroupers will be without a host of stars who are still in India. Think Cam Green, Josh Inglis, Mitch Marsh, Marcus Stoinis, Ashton Agar. But they will have seamers Lance Morris, Matt Kelly and Joel Paris to choose from. For the Vicks, the question is... How do they fit in Todd Murphy and Peter Hanscom after those two returned from test duty? You feel like a couple of unlucky men might make way for the national stars. In the AFL, Adelaide will appeal the three-game ban handed to Shane McAdam for his bump on GWS Giants player Jacob Ware. Jacob Ware hit high by McAdam and the Giants players do not like that. The Crows are seemingly furious that Demon Kasaya Pickett only got a two-game suspension for his hit on Bailey Smith. You get the impression in SA they think it's hashtag Vic Bias. In the NRL, Felice Kafusi will not play for the Dolphins in the enormous clash with Brisbane. The forward tried to have his hit on Jackson Hastings downgraded but failed. So he's going to have a full month on the sidelines. And Owen Wright has announced he will quit elite comp surfing after the Bells Beach Pro. The Olympic bronze medalist has already suffered a brain injury in his career and he's trying to minimise any further concussion issues. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. It's been interesting to see the concussion stories dominating the AFL and NRL this week. And it reminds me of the story we did last week on how the issue has reached tipping point in Australian sport. Have a listen to that ep. The link's in our show notes. It's already one of our most listened to eps this year. And you can kind of see why, given what's gone down in the last seven days or so. Thanks to FIS for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.